Wealth Tactic Rebels, ingenious tactics to accumulate wealth for people who see things differently. Welcome to another discussion with Wealth Tactic Rebels, the podcast for people who think differently. I'm your host, Kevin Dumont, and I've been thinking differently in the wealth field for going on nearly 15 years. Today, I'm joined by an expert guest, Rodney Miller. <laughs> Rodney, how are you today? I'm doing peachy. How you doing? I'm doing all right, considering it's the end of February. You know, it's that cold season that everyone has to deal with up here in the Northeast. So yep. relatively healthy at this point. <laughs> Hopefully our listeners are too. Yeah, I just coming off a head cold as well, you know, and we're you know, as cold as heck down here in Oklahoma as well. So yeah, it's going around. It certainly is this year. But today we're going to talk about what you're an expert in, which is hedging your future with real estate. So Rodney is the co-founder of Trident Multifamily, and he's a real estate investor and entrepreneur. And I mean, I don't write biographies or anything, but would you mind sharing a little bit about where you came from and what inspired you to do what you do today with our listeners? Sure. Like most people, I went to high school, got my college degree. I went to North Texas and Denton, Texas. Got a degree in business. Worked as a claims adjuster for a few years, sitting at a desk in a cubicle and just didn't really like that. So yeah, uh, planned yeah. my escape and, you know, found a way to, I uh, purchased into a business in Oklahoma. That's how I landed here in Oklahoma. And right. It's medical clinics. I own a chain of medical clinics here. Had them since 94. Wow. Did that. And then around 40, wanted to really think about my legacy, my kids, you're leaving them something behind. So I started getting dabbling into real estate, Sure, started buying rentals here and there, flipped a few homes and really got interested. Real estate's so much fun. So I really spent mm. a big majority of my time in real estate and amassed a pretty good thing of rental homes. I've got a little over a hundred rental houses in Oklahoma City and decided Besides to go them. bigger last five years or so and yep, started buying yep. multifamily properties and yeah, just enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Right, I think right. that that'll be my retirement someday. I'll, if I ever sell the clinic, I'll just run my real estate because real yeah. estate is just uh, it's a fun business. Yeah, yeah. You can do it on your own time out of your house and you can uh, do really well with it with a very minimal amount of time. Right. So, and it's something you won't have to necessarily retire from. You can keep going with it. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I you hear people saying, you hear people saying, oh man, I'm going to retire someday. What are you going to do? Yeah, well, that's Most it. People that retire, what are you going to do? Anything, do? Die, you know? You've well, got to have something, yeah, something keeps you going. It ignites your passions. It keeps you moving. It keeps your brain thinking and all that. Right, I think right. Real estate is going to be that. Purpose to life. I'll tell you, I have a member of my family. Technically, she's not a blood member of my family, but she's a member of my family. I call her my adopted grandmother. Her name is Marita. And she just turned 106 years old and she still teaches piano. <laughs> wow. It's crazy, right? That's got to be in the, in the record book. Oh, it's up there. That's the oldest person alive right She's now. She's still living on her own. She still oh teaches gosh. piano. She lives up in uh, Portland, Maine. She has always stayed active. She takes care of herself. She teaches piano. She used to ride up until like her 90s. She was riding bikes every day, you know? So year 100, 101, 106 is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, it's up there, you know? And it, but that's the whole idea of like you're saying, if you keep a purpose going, keep something going, it keeps your mind active, keeps your body active, you stay healthy and happy and you have a longer quality of life. I believe that wholly. I think so. Whether it's real estate or you have a great hobby that you enjoy right. or something that keeps your mind, you should always be learning, always be challenged. I think when you stop being challenged is when you start Yep. cognitively slowing down and you just got to be challenged, man. You got to yep. do something that ignites your passions and keeps yep. you challenged. I agree. I agree. So we're going to talk about basically what's your passion, which is the real estate. So our listeners today will get a little bit of information about what we talk about with real estate, what you believe, how that can 
hedge their future and help them, you know, should there be a downturn in the market, maybe something they can do, like you say, into retirement and beyond. And, you know, quick disclaimer on that is that Wealth Tech Rebels here, we're not giving specific recommendations on investments into real estate or Rodney's multifamily specifically. We're just giving, talking today about this in general, giving information so our listeners will be better informed and they can do research and decide what is best for them on their own, maybe hire a professional to help them with that. But yeah, Rodney. Great to have you, and let's start talking about it. So the multifamily syndication, I guess, as you say, why that? Well, I started off with single-family homes, and around 2008, when the market just crashed and everything went to hell, I had about 70 single-family homes, and mm-hmm. they were all, they weren't fancy, they right. weren't your you know high-end properties. They were bread-and-butter, C-class houses that your workforce housing is what they call it. You're right, a plumber, right. you're an electrician. Teacher, your Starbucks worker lives yeah. in little two, three bedroom houses. You right. know, in Oklahoma City, we would pick them up for three thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars. Maybe wow. today they're worth fifty, sixty, seventy thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah. When everything went to hell and the stock market tanked, the real estate market tanked. Right, the bubble burst. Started losing properties and everything just went to crap. My seventy houses stayed full right. because those people really there's not much of a lower level to go to to transition from a C class house. Right, right. A lot of times it's two income property, you know, the husband and wife both work. And so they can make it work and they can pay the rent. So we really didn't see a lot of vacancy at that time. And shortly after 2008, around 2009, 2010, less people were able to purchase houses due to the credit crunch and all right. that. So yeah. our rents started going up. Right. So true. not only did we not take a hit, our rents went up and we started getting a better return on our capital. So that lit a light bulb. Right. I need to be in more C-class housing, but I couldn't get it fast enough with houses. So I started learning multifamily. Same right. concept, C-class housing, your Starbucks worker, your retail worker, your factory worker, bread and butter folks, blue collar workers. Right, right. They have to have a place to live. And now we buy apartment complexes that fit that same same mold, C-class. So you get your A, your real expensive ha- apartments. People choose to live there, but they could get a house if they wanted to. Right, right. They're your downtown areas. They got all the amenities. Your Bs are yep. built in the 80s. They're a little more dated, maybe more in the suburbs. Probably could choose to own a house if they want to, if they choose to rent. C-class is going to be your workforce housing. Folks that get up every day, go to work, work hard, probably either can't own a house or they're not ready to. And then D-class housing is your Section 8 government-assisted living. And, right, you know, right, right. Your government pays your rent. And then, right, then right. you got mobile home parks, and then you're homeless. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. we like the C-class. There's not much place to go there. You know, right, right. It tough. People stay there. Bees move down to C's. Right. Bees move to B's. The right. C's don't really move to B's. They don't move a lot. If their kids got out and they were living in the city, lost their job, whatever, they move back in. <laughs> you know? So. But really, what that boils down to is a solid investment. If you've right. got to put your money somewhere, and we know we're coming on a, a long-term just historic run on the stock market. Housing is at an all-time high. Yep, yep. We know something's going to reset. We don't know how big it's going to be. We know it's coming. It's not if, it's when. It's when, yeah. yeah. You want to know where That's you, what a lot you of experts have your money say. somewhere so you don't yeah. take a huge hit. Yeah. You don't step back 10 years trying to get back even on your stocks and, right. and all that. You need to have all that, but you need to hedge your bets with some good solid C-class real estate. That's my opinion. <laughs> right, right. So it is definitely an option that you have found has worked. It's worked for you. Sure. It's done well. You find that it has a level of stability that not many other options bring. Yes. Yes. What about, you know, one thing that we talk about here with Wealth Rebels is taxes because people don't think about the way they're managing their money for tax efficiency. They could end up paying a lot more money, losing a lot of money in taxes. How is it 
regarding the tax situation? Well, I'm not a tax expert. We'll start there. <laughs> sure. But it's not what you make, it's what you keep, right? So right. if you invest in stocks and bonds and you make a bunch of money and then you know, you're in the forty percent, thirty percent tax bracket and it's ordinary income, what'd you really make? You gotta really factor in your, your tax stuff. Correct. But yeah. With multifamily, the government really likes it. So we get really good terms, not only in lending, we get the long thirty year mortgages mm-hmm. and the Four percent interest only, and the non-recourse debt, yep. because the government loves these stable assets. They're extremely stable. Right. In the last downturn, D-class multifamily really didn't have a lot of delinquency and didn't have a lot of foreclosures. Right. So right. banks like to lend on. Also, banks like to spur growth and like to. There's a shortage of multifamily for the C-class folks. So mm-hmm. the government really incentivizes operators like me to go buy it up and fix it up and put people in there. They do that by giving us tax credits, tax right. incentives. And so right, right. you've heard of 1031s, but yep. there are other incentives and they got better with the Trump administration. I'm not getting political here, but I'm right. just saying he brought in some new tax incentives. Sure. And basically you can do accelerated depreciation and bonus depreciation. So when we buy a property, mm. we can depreciate a lot of the, the toilets, the infrastructure, not the building itself, but anything not tied down, you do the flooring, the cabinets, the countertops, we can go in there with an engineering firm Carve mm-hmm. all that out. Yep. It might be about a third of the actual purchase price. And then we can accelerate the appreciation on that and pass it off to our investors. So right. Kind of offsets your ordinary income while you're uh, making money on these things. And That's good. So there is tax benefits to these. I'm not an expert at it, but there are plenty of tax folks that right, right. can explain this to your, to your Right. Customers. But that's the nuts and bolts of it right there. Accelerate depreciation, bonus depreciation. They can look at that. That's up. good. All right. I'm curious though. Is there a point where you say, okay, now it's time to sell, roll it over into another property? Is there kind of a general time frame, or is it? What's your strategy with that? So when we underwrite a deal, so what we do is we locate a deal that makes sense to us. We look at right. hundreds of units, right? And we're looking between a hundred and three hundred unit apartment complexes, Class C, and we're pretty much in the mid south. So we're looking for deals all the time. Brokers right. send us deals left and right, right, and something's got to line up. We look at a lot of bad deals. So real estate's really expensive right now. Even multifamily, people are paying crazy money for it. So it's got to have a story behind it. It's got to make sense. But when we find a deal, we underwrite it from a three to five year plan. We really underwrite for five years, but we tell our investors, if you put your money with us, it's not a liquid investment. You can't pour it out when you want. You're in our deal. Not like stocks and bonds. If there's any downturn to this, if somebody needs to be liquid, this is not the most liquid. Right, right. What we do is we... There's other strategies we can talk about with Wealthtech Rebels regarding liquidity, but this is one strategy. (laughs) Yeah. So we underwrite like on a five-year basis. We'll we'll say we're going to go in, we're going to put... I'll use our last deal. We bought a deal for $10 million. We raised two and a half million from private investors. Mm -hmm. Our goal was to put this money in the property. It was a great property that had been run down, but it was next to a Starbucks. We had Whole Foods down the street. Oh, wow. We had a bunch of Section 8 tents in there, and the place had not had any money put into it. Right, right. So we identified all the properties around it. We realized that we could do some improvements to the property, raise the rents, and thus raise the value of the property and sell it. So... Our plan there, we closed on the deal. We raised two and a half million for private investors. We invested alongside them in the deal. We always put our money in these deals. Yep. So we're not going to invest with your money for you, but with you. Right. And then we implemented our plan. We go in there and we got two and a half million dollars with CapEx. We're fixing pools or two pools. Every unit's going to get an upgrade, about a six to $8,000 upgrade, new countertops, flooring, new cabinets. And we know from everything around it, all the other apartment complexes, that we can get about an $80 rent bump for those upgrades. Right, so right. So we go in there and as tenants move out, we start fixing up the units. 
we raise the rents, and when we get to a certain point of net operating income, our goal, then we turn put it up for sale, we sell it, and then we either sell or refinance it, and then we pay back our investors. They get a great return. Yep. We get a great return, and we move on to the next deal. And that's kind of how we. So that's good. So there's a little time frame there, and you can just keep going from deal to deal, make a little money in the between, and then a good profit at the end. Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So these deals cash flow while we're holding them. So right. a typical deal is like a 70-30 split, 30 to the general partners, which is me and my partners, and then 70 to the limited partners. Right. So every dollar that comes in on cash flow, we split at 70-30. So these things right. cash flow from day one. So we buy them at 90% occupancy. We right, buy right. in like 50% occupied at this point. We're buying 90% stabilized assets that right. we can raise the rents on. Right, so right. it's pretty predictable. They're going to be cash flowing very quickly after we buy it. So every month that this thing cash flows, we pay a quarterly dividend to our investors. So they're not only getting quarterly cash flow, they're also going to get a big chunk of money at the end when we sell it. In the right. Last so it's kind of a, the returns are a combination of cash flow and equity at the end. So. Right, right. And the general partners would then have a choice of taking their money back or investing into the next property or how does that work at that point? Well, everybody, when we sell the property, yep. everybody, it just goes away. We dissolve okay. the company. Right, right. Everybody gets paid out and then they can choose to reinvest for another deal with us. Every deal is deal by deal. We don't like, right. pull people's money. We right. find a deal. We tell you the story about the deal and you decide you're going to put your money in or not. Right. And then when that thing either refinances or sells, you get your capital back. You decide if you want to reinvest with us in another deal. You might not like the story on one deal, but you might love the story on another deal. Right, right. You might like the numbers on one deal, but you love the numbers on another deal. So it's, it's really a deal-by-deal basis deal by deal. how you choose to invest in these. Okay. Very good. You know, we've been talking about the multifamily syndication. So what is and how does the syndication work? So we operate in compliance with the SEC. Right. So when we do a deal... We form an LLC and then we put together an offering. We file usually a 506B or 506C Reg D offering with the SEC. Right. And what we do is we locate a deal, we put an LLC, and then we divide it up. Like I told you earlier, it could be a 70-30 split with our best passive investors. The general partners for finding the deal, we put up a lot of non-refundable hard money, six-figure hard money deposits. We take a lot of risk up front. Right, right. And then we run the deal. We are on site running a deal with property management, and we just manage the asset over the life of the deal. We implement the yep. plan yep. with contractors and all that. And so what we usually do is a 70-30 split. The limited partners are 70%, and then we take 30% as the general partners to run the show. Right, right. Does that make sense? Makes sense. And like I said, each deal has to have merit on its own. We don't pull or commingle funds. Right, right. So that's really it. We file, we send out the offering, we tell you all the risk involved in the deal. Yep. We send out a webinar, we tell you the merits of the deal, and you decide if you want to invest. If you do, uh, there's certain paperwork you have to fill out. You have to either be an accredited or sophisticated investor. Look that up if you guys don't know what that means. But to get in these private equity deals, you'll need to be either accredited or sophisticated. And accredited, you have to have, if you're single, you have to have a $200,000 or above salary or a million dollars in assets, not including your primary residence. Sophisticated right. means you just have to have some level of sophisticated in investing your money, whether it be in real estate or trading stocks or something like that. Right, right. You have to have one of those two to be getting one of these SEC client deals. Right, right. Okay. So we've got the parameters how to get in there. And basically the syndication is the registered group of investors. Yes. And you know the SEC is really working on they're working on uh, lowering those standards. Really? Interesting. To get in as an accredited investor. 
years. So we'll see what happens there. They're right, right. It's really arbitrary. It is, yeah, a little bit. Somebody could come into a lot of money and have meet the accredited investor standards, but not really know much about, not be sophisticated, and they could lose their money. It's just an arbitrary thing that keeps a lot of good folks out of being able to invest right. in uh, deals like this. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's the problem with regulation. They try to kind of protect things, but sometimes they restrict it too much so that the people they're trying to protect sometimes are the ones they're blocking. Exactly. It's not, exactly. you know, we get that. And that's, but, you know, the rich are getting rich by going and buying stocks, and bonds, and mutual funds, you know, and waiting the long term. They're getting into real estate development deals. They're getting they're into their private assets. equity deals. Yeah. They're getting into these things that have the great returns and can really make a big difference in your portfolio. Yeah. It's, it's assets. It's business. It's... Yeah. yeah. Stock market, while people can get in there and they can make some money over time, it's generally not what we've seen. Your experience, my experience is similar that we haven't seen too many people getting rich out of that. Exactly. But that's the big myth. But, you know, yeah. hey, people got to park their money somewhere. So they got to find. Right. You really have to have your money somewhere. And that's the key to investing. Where are you going to put your money? You can't sit right. in a bank account. <laughs> you know, right, right, right. You know, with inflation, everything's in a bank account. So, right, uh, savings accounts don't pay anything. I just sold off a package of rentals in my IRA. Well, I've got it for sale now. I'm about to do their inspections, but I'll have a nice chunk of money in my IRA if I sell those rentals. And I'm kind of freaking out because I'm really not sure where I'm going to put my money. Right. But I got to keep it out there working. You can't just sit in your account. Right, right. That's right. People can do research and they can find areas. I think people should make a plan, not necessarily have all their eggs in one basket. Maybe you have a favorite basket, so to speak, or favorite club, sometimes we refer to it that way. And I think you and I have talked about this. People need to do research because a lot of people invest without doing research. Absolutely. And that's when you can run into- I think that when you start getting the alternative investment world, it's very important that you go to the conventions, the seminars, you read books, and you vet people- you just got to know what you're doing. You can't jump sure. into it without really doing some research. That's the thing about if you really want to get the good returns, it's more work. It's not for somebody who wants to sit around on the weekends and watch football and, and whatever. Guys that are out there making money on investments are learning all the time. They're reading books, right, they're right. going to seminars, they're partnering with people, they're going to meetup groups in their area to talk about real estate, alternative investments, wholesale, yeah. whatever they are. Right. But you got to put yourself out there. You got to take time to get a yeah. few brain cells to yeah. <laughs> right, right. But they didn't watch the Super Bowl, but <laughs> yeah, <I watched> <laughs> right. There you go. What should our if our listeners are thinking, hey, you know, I kind of like this. Maybe this is a direction I might want to head. I'm going to do some more research. But what would they look for? What's a good deal? What do they look for in a deal? Oh, that's a loaded question, man. <laughs> Every deal is different. Every deal is different. I would say you need to be just as concerned about the operator. Mm-hmm of the deal than you do the deal. Right. As you do. Because a great deal with a bad operator is not a great deal. They can take that sucker down the drain. Right, right. A good operator with a bad deal might be able to salvage that bad deal. But it really comes down to who you invest your money with. What's their experience? What's their expertise? Mm-hmm. What's their track record? Yeah. And you really need to vet these people that you're getting vetted with. Because that's more important, I think, than the deal. But I mean, right. it depends on what you want, too. Some people want cash flow. Some people will be happy with a eight percent guarantee, or not guarantee, but preferred return. So right, right. You do a deal, and we give you a preferred return, like you get the first eight percent cash flow before we get anything. So if you're really living off your investments, 
you like the cash flow. Some people will take less of the cash flow. Right. They want a bigger pop at the end. More right. Equity. Right. So they might take a 6% cash flow, but when it's all said and done, they're going to have a 15, 20% return right. because they waited until the deal went full circle and took less during. The right, period. right. There's just different ways to invest depending on what right. your goal is. So we've right. done deals where we gave an 8% pref, mm-hmm. 6% pref to our investors. So they got the first 6% so yep. the cash flow. We've done deals where it's just an even split. Whenever the cash flow comes in, we split it 70-30. And when we analyze the deal, we try to do like a eight to ten percent cash on cash return. Meaning if you give us a hundred grand, you should get eight thousand back the first year. Right. That makes right. sense. Makes sense. An overall yeah. return, annualized return of around fifteen, sixteen percent right. after we sell the property. So you'll right. get about half of your return from the cash flow and then the other half is going to come in something. Right, right. I guess a good question then would be when you're looking for a deal, what are the characteristics you're looking for typically? We have very specific criteria. 100 to 300 units. We want to be in the Mid-South. Yep. We invest in Missouri, Kansas, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas. We've got one in Phoenix. Those are our primary states. We like it because the demographics, the growth of these states. People are leaving the East and West Coast like crazy and moving to the South. Mm-hmm. Florida, too. Huge growth in Florida. Yep. So the growth is there. A lot of renters coming to these areas. We look for 100, 300 units, Class C, we want workforce housing, and it has to have value add. It has to be something we can do. It's got to be undervalued for the market. It's got to, the rents have to be undervalued. Something we can do to come into that area, to that property, and we can improve the property either by reducing expenses, because some properties are just mismanaged. Right. Expenses are crazy off. They could reduce expenses by losing a few employees, by fixing some leaks that are running all the time by turning units faster. Right. So we can reduce expenses and then we like to raise rents by fixing up units and bringing rents to market. Bring the value up, right? Properties that are under market. Yeah. For, it's, it's easy to find one. You Not easy to find one, but it's easy to identify one. When you find a property that's $100, $150 below market rents and everything around it, you go walk in there and they're charging an extra 150 for the same size unit. Right. They might have a new countertop and a new fresh coat of paint and maybe a new flooring. Right, right. We can factor that into our model. It's just pretty simple to put those together. But that's what we look for. Class C, 100 300 units in the Mid-South, value add. That's kind of what we do. Right. Sounds good. So before we close for today's session, I am going to ask you for the value bomb, which is, the Wealth Tactic Rebels fashion is, what, Rodney, in your experience, should our listeners look to avoid and what could they do about it? Just what we discussed earlier. I mean, you deal with alternative investing and stuff, thinking, you're thinking out of the box kind of stuff. Yep. But if you're going to do that, you really have to do your research. So avoid moving into a market or making an investment before you have researched in depth what you're going to invest your money in. You need to know the business model. You need to know the industry. You need to know the markets. And then you also need to know the operators. You need right, to vet right. the operators. You need to make sure they haven't been to prison or they haven't <laughs> had SEC uh, securities fraud violations. And you know, right, and then right. talk to some of their investors and see if they're happy. Have they gotten the returns that they were told they would get? You just need right. to vet those guys and make sure they've been in the business for a while. They're not newcomers. They didn't just get in that would be my biggest bit of advice. Learn what you're getting into. If you want to, if you think mobile home parks is the way you're going to go, learn everything you can about mobile home parks. There's right. at least thousands of books on mobile home parks. And then there's get togethers and meetups mm-hmm. on mobile home parks. Sure. And there's seminars and conventions about mobile home parks yep. all over the country from new yep. to people that want to get into it. You will learn so much if you just attend one of those. Multifamily is another aspect of it. Just doing flips and rentals for single family homes. There's plenty of people you can tap for sure. that. You need to learn the market. You need to learn right, the right. 
And it's so not. That would be my advice. Right. And it's not necessarily the glorified version that we see on things like on TV. I think personally, they kind of, you know, the, the flips there and the things that they do is a little bit more glorified. It's not the reality. And I was buying and selling. Like I did a lot of home finance stuff and I'd watch those flip house shows yep. back in the early 2000s. Right. I right. Kind of laugh because you just knew how they were manipulating that stuff. You don't know until you get into the business, but, you know, they work real hard to get this house finished and then they have, they have a big open house and they have it sold that same day. And you're like, Really, <laughs> it's not how it works. <laughs> what they were probably doing is owner financing it, and they were carrying the mortgage. I mean, there's just yeah, right. You'll get a dose of reality, but you will have a lot of people that are trying to sell you stuff, and you'll have the gurus, you know, that mm-hmm. have only been in the business for a couple of years, but now they want to teach you how to do it. There's, right. There's a lot of pitfalls. You gotta, you gotta really be careful who you get in bed with yep. on estate deals and who you can learn from. Make sure that they have a lot of experience. Right. Right. Find some good resources. And do your research. There's no easy way to get into alternative investments. No, you really dig into it. You got to learn. Right, I agree. That's. I think it's like anything else. If you really want to get into something, you do your research, and you will have a much better experience. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's fun. I mean, don't enjoy it. Don't do it. That's true. Money in the stock market or mutual funds, but I find it fun. I think it's a challenge, and it's it's just uh, the people are really cool. We I go to convention. I just got back from Colorado. Went to a multi-family convention. Right. I was in Dallas. I'll be in Dallas next week. I've been going all over the country. I just enjoy it. The people are cool. They're forward-thinking folks, yep. and they're just fun to be around. It's fun group. Very good. Well, Rodney, I appreciate you sharing your expertise with our listeners today. Is there anything you'd like to share with them before we go? No, I say you reach out to me. If you want to reach out to me, it's Rodney at tridentmultifamily.com. You can go to my website, tridentmultifamily.com, or find me on Bigger Pockets, Rodney Miller with Trident Multifamily. Be happy to answer any questions or to help anybody who wants to get in the business, uh, give them information so you're in the right direction. Sounds very good. And Rodney, I'm going to put the links to, to everything you just mentioned and for your websites on the show notes page for today's episode. So listen. Listeners, if you go to wealthtacticrebels.com and find the episode of Hedging Your Future with Real Estate with Rodney and I, and you'll find the show notes and the links there as well. And please drop us a quick note through our social media. Let us know what you found inspired you today, what Rodney and I have been talking about, specifically what Rodney said that inspired you. Rodney, again, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, man. I really enjoyed it. Definitely had a good conversation. I appreciate it. Wealth Tactic Rebels, thank you for joining us today. Hope you all have a fantastic day. Want to really see things differently? Take our course in Genius Tactics 201, where we teach you all the wealth accumulating tactics with detailed real-life examples, see your progress with quizzes, and a certificate of completion. For course details, visit WealthTacticRebels.com. Sign up today and start seeing things differently. This presentation is intended as informational only. Information presented does not consider your particular financial objectives, risk tolerance, time horizon, or other unique circumstances, and does not constitute a personalized recommendation or replace the advice of a financial, tax, or legal advisor or other qualified professionals. Do your own research and do not use the information of this presentation in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional. To the best of our ability, we provide content that is accurate as of the date of release. However, we give no assurance or guarantee regarding its accuracy, timeliness, completeness, or applicability. 
We assume no liability for the information of this and related presentations.